We want to welcome everybody from to, uh, to From the Preacher Study, uh, the podcast that uh, Kevin Clark and I do. My name is Bob Hutto. I'm the preacher here at the Oak Mountain Church of Christ. Kevin Clark, my colleague and co-worker in, in this effort. Uh, we're sitting here in the <coughs> Preacher's Study at, uh, at the church building. We've been bringing this podcast to you for, well, quite some time. However, we have missed a few weeks. We yeah, had some yeah. scheduling conflicts yeah. and just could not uh, arrange a good time for us to get together and, and, and do it. And so we want to apologize for that. We hope to keep that to a minimum, but that does happen from time to time. And uh, we're glad to be back and glad to be able to resume our, our study together. We're in Matthew chapter 5. We're working through the Sermon on the Mount. We worked our way through the Beatitudes, and we're going to progress in verse 13 at this point. We're glad you're with us. Uh, we hope that you gain from this study. We hope that you'll tell other people about it and so that uh, the message of the gospel can get to as many people as possible. And so if you can, if you've got your Bible, turn to Matthew chapter 5. Uh, if you're driving in the car or something like that, listen along, but listen carefully. And uh, it's, our, it's our aim to teach very accurately the things that we find here in Scripture. Kevin, any words of introduction? Yeah, and I just want to uh, also express my apologies to the audience because most of those conflicts really were my personal conflicts with my work, and so we weren't able to, to uh, be on air as we normally are. So we're hopeful that we have uh, weathered the storm and can now pivot to uh, something a little more normal and regular. And also, I'll apologize in advance. I've got a little bit of a cough to, uh, today, so <clears throat> you'll see me from time to time have to uh, turn to the side to do that, and hopefully I'll be through that soon. But we always want to thank our two deacons, uh, Jason Reed and Mark Townsend, who helped make this possible. Really appreciate their sacrifice and that of their families. And we appreciate the opportunity to get back together with you with God's Word and, and see what it has to teach us. <coughs> Teaching the Word is a great experience for us. It's what we like to do. We like the camaraderie that we have between us and all four of us here. Uh, it's just an enjoyable time for us in lots of different ways, and so we're glad to be back. The book of Matthew portrays Jesus as the son of David. He is the king, the long-awaited Messiah, and those uh, connections are made very early on. Matthew chapter 1, in the genealogy of Jesus, a strong connection is made with David, and so he's the son of David, and he's the king. You remember in Matthew chapter 2, the wise men came, and uh, they came to worship the king of Israel. And so Matthew is very clear in setting forth Jesus as the king, the long-awaited king, the long-awaited Messiah. And so in the Sermon on the Mount, he's teaching us that what we as citizens of that kingdom should be, what kind of people we should be, especially what kind of attitudes we ought to develop. And so what we develop by way of attitude will express itself in our actions. It begins the Sermon on the Mount by talking about, again, talking about our attitude, being poor in spirit, being contrite, being meek, hungering and thirsting after righteousness, and so forth. It's interesting to me that Jesus doesn't start off by saying, well, you need to, you know, tithe twice a week, or you need to fast twice a week, or, you know, those kinds of things. What he emphasizes is you need to develop the right kind of attitude, and then that, of course, will produce the right kind of action. In the passage we're going to look at today in this session's, uh, Jesus speaks of his disciples as salt and light. And what he's saying to us, I think, is that we are the vessels by which the kingdom of God will grow. We are the messengers. We are the ones that carry that light out into the world or carry that message out into the world. And so uh, the, the kingdom of God will grow 
and expand and include more and more people as the disciples of Jesus exert their influence in the world. He does this in a couple of different ways. He compares us as disciples of Jesus to salt. And then he compares us to light. And so you're the salt of the earth and you're the light of the world. And so by these two metaphors, Jesus is teaching us you know, what we are to do, the kind of people we are to be, and what our mission as uh, his disciples are. So we talk a little bit about both of those uh, metaphors, both of those comparisons. You are the light of the world, and you are the salt of the earth. So let's read verse 13. Jesus says, You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has become tasteless, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under foot by men. And then verse 14, you're the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. And so the kingdom will grow and expand as we shine the light of Christ, as we exert our influence as the salt of the earth. We use that expression, he's the salt of the earth. And what we mean by that is he's a a man of the highest character, very high quality character. Salt uh, has a lot of different purposes, a very common element in in the world. Uh, Especially (coughs) we'll highlight a couple of different things that salt does. It brings out the taste in food, and so it makes it, tasteful and enjoyable and palatable and salt also acts as a preservative and so you can cure meat for example with salt and retard or slow down its spoiling and so we need to exert our influence as the salt of the earth we want to to prevent the spread of moral decay in the world Uh, The world is a corrupt place. A lot of immoral and ungodly behavior goes on. But we want to do our best to to slow that down. If we can't stop it altogether, at least exert a good influence to try to hold that in check. Show people how to live. And in doing that, we manifest the best kind of life as well. We can live a life as God means it to be lived and show people this is the way to enjoy life by being a disciple of Jesus. And so, uh, salt exerts that kind of influence. Light is the source of goodness. And we use the word enlightenment and truth and righteousness. And so as we shine the light, the light of Christ into the world, we are, uh, you know, in in a sense, proclaiming the truth and and shining the light of Christ. And what Jesus says here is, We hope that others will see that light, to see the light of Christ in us and be drawn to glorify God ourselves. Kevin, talk a little bit about salt and light. When you talked about light, I couldn't help but think about John chapter 1. And in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God, He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. This man came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light which gives light to every man coming into the world. So 
we're not talking about random good works and random good deeds. We're talking about random good, good works and good deeds that are tied to the light of Christ. That's mm-hmm. how we're the light, because we're bringing the light of the gospel, the good news, the message that God sent his son to redeem us from sin. And, and it's that way that we can be lights when we model those principles in our lives. So it's, it's very important. We're not just talking about good, doing good deeds. There are all kinds of religions that say do good deeds, and there are even people without religion who do good deeds. But these are deeds that are done under the authority, under the in the spirit, with the under the discipleship of Christ. And in that way, when we do those good deeds, we are bringing the light of the gospel. Because people will ask questions, why are you doing the things that you do? And that gives you a great opportunity to say, I'm mm-hmm. doing this because of the master that I serve, because of Jesus Christ. So, And the idea of salt, I love that too. Both of those you have to live in a very distinctive way. And that's one of the dangers that this passage is talking about when he says, hey, if salt loses its flavor, well, then it can't preserve or it doesn't have that same functionality of adding flavor and taste and enhancing the taste. Well, as, as, as Christians, if we start acting like people of the world, if we indulge in the sins of the flesh like people of the world, then we're no longer distinctive. We're no longer different. We're not seasoning the world with the light of the gospel or the the flavor of the gospel. And so both of these passages are suggesting that we as Christians have to live in a very different way to basically bring the light of the gospel and understanding of the truth to the people around us. And it's a shame when you see Christians who act just like people of the world. Well, you're no longer distinctive. So I was going to ask you, Kevin, you, you work in an office. Yeah. You have uh, co-workers, associates, That's right. colleagues. You have clients come in That's all right. the time. That's right. And I know I know, day by day you're trying to shine the light of the gospel. So, so tell me a little bit about how, how you go about that, how you consciously right. try to shine that light in among the people that you work with or people that you are not necessarily in the office, but that, that's kind of what I was thinking. You know, it's amazing. There's some basic things that you do or I do that kind of draws a distinction. Well, first of all, I don't use profanity. Ephesians 4.29, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. And so that draws attention. You don't have to say anything. It's the fact that the absence of profanity in your speech draws attention to it. Uh, being one who is very devoted to truth. Uh, no, we're not going to make that argument. No, we're not going to uh, put that story out there because there's no evidence to support it. Again, you're showing that you're a person who puts truth first. Um, just being very careful in how you deal with members of the opposite sex, not putting yourself in bad situations where things could look bad. I mean, one of the things as a disciple of Christ that you're protecting is your influence. So you don't want to put yourself in a position where people perceive things evil that may not be going on, but can be perceived as such. And then you certainly, uh, when at the time comes for uh, a church meeting, an assembly, Wednesday night Bible stew, Sunday morning, Sunday evening. Uh, it's amazing how so few people make that a priority in their life. So when they see somebody who stops everything, like I remember one time we had a trial down in Clark County and uh, all the trial team went down there and we were waiting and, and, and everybody was like, where's Kevin? And somebody's like, Kevin went to church. Kevin went to church? Now? Why? In the middle of all the stress and everything's going on? Well, just simple things. Again, showing that the Lord is number one, the Lord is first. And then what happens is people start to gravitate towards you when they have difficulties in their life and they need some guidance or some help. They need somebody to pray with them or to pray for them. Uh, So I think just being consistent in terms of following the principles of Christ, putting God first, uh, you know, the way you dress, the way you, you know, I don't yell and scream at people. Uh, I'm known to be very caring, very understanding, an easy person to work for. 
Uh, again, those are just the principles of Christ. People say, look, we know when we work with you, we're not going to get yelled at, we're not going to get cussed <laughs> at, uh, unlike some of my partners, unfortunately. Why is that? Again, I'm trying to model the principles of Christ. So right. it does make a difference. And you, I'm sure you try to present the gospel in a, in a positive oh, way. Yeah, absolutely. You're, you're not morose right. and... Uh, um, you know, uh, down all the time. Right, right. You're That's pleasant, right. You're a pleasant That's right. person. Yes. I'm a Christian. I'm a happy person. Absolutely. I have joy in my life. Right. And so you try to present your faith and, and the gospel with, you know, with that attitude. This Absolutely. Is, it's a good thing for me to be a Christian. Yep. It would be a good thing for you to be a Christian as well. And that's so that's, right. that's part of it as well. And there's another thing, and I just get reminded of this recently. There was a young lady who had been in our trial team and she was being complimentary of some of the things that I did. And she just pivoted and said, Hey, I've been watching some of your preaching online. And so, Whoa. you know, you never know the influence that's out there when you get stuff on the Internet. And so uh, I'm glad, one, that that stuff is out there. But two, I'm glad that I'm living in such a way that's consistent enough with those principles that she feels right. that she can listen to that and not be turned off. And so if she had seen you preach and you, you're preaching one thing exactly. and then you get exactly. into the lawyer's office exactly. and it's a different way. Right. Well, now your influence as a preacher is, is Absolutely ruined. right. And so Absolutely she was right. able to see, well, here's here's a person who in his in his personal life, his private life, in his work life, is is living a life consistent with what he's preaching. Right. And that goes a long, long way. And so that's part of being the salt of the earth Amen. and being the light of the world. We're Absolutely. portraying the gospel and being a disciple in a manner that will draw people, right. not to us, right. but, but to God. There's one thing about this particular passage I did want to highlight, and that is, you know, we've spent a lot of time talking about salt and light. Right. But the emphasis in the passage is on you. Right. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. And it's we as disciples of Jesus, it's not somebody else. It's us. Yeah. We yeah. are the salt. We are the light. And so you think about that in, you know, in Jesus' day and time and place. The Sadducees weren't the light of the world. The Pharisees right. weren't the light of the right. world. The priests, the scribes, right. uh, they, they weren't the light of the world. Ordinary disciples, that's right. Fishermen, mm -hmm. tax collectors, um, just or ordinary people, farmers, right. carpenters, businessmen, and women. Ordinary people. God is using them to get the message of the kingdom out as they shine the light of truth, mm -hmm. as they exert the influence of salt. In our world, it's not the clergy. It's not professors of theology. Right. It's ordinary men and women, ordinary Christians out there shining the light of truth. And so that's what Jesus would say to us as well. You're the light of the world. Right, right. You're the salt of the earth. Get out there and start, mm -hmm. you know, if you haven't been doing it already, start shining that light and start uh, exerting that influence as salt. And, you know, we see that. How many times have we seen churches grow not so much because the preachers are going out there and pulling people in, but it's because the members are bringing friends or bringing colleagues, fellow students, professors, fellow co-workers in to be exposed to the truth of the gospel. And so they're doing a lot of the work. And that's not in any way to diminish the work that the preacher's doing, but a lot of the context are in the members just living the principles of Christ in their everyday life, which acts as a magnet to people who want truth. So if you want to know, well, what can I do? What, what can I do? to advance the kingdom of God, okay? In your workplace, in your school, among your friends, in your neighborhood, just be an ordinary person and you just live that life as a faithful disciple, do that consistently, shine that life, represent Christ in a positive way, have that joy in your life, 
that will draw others, again, not to us, not to, you know, not, not to us as human beings, but to Christ right. and the Father. Amen. And that, that's what we can do. And um, in that way, the kingdom grows. Well, a lot of other things we could say about, yeah, <laughs> about, about being the light of the world and salt of the earth, but I hope that's enough maybe to, um, to help people think about how they can fulfill this passage, practice this passage, just in their ordinary everyday lives. We, we can do it. A lot of work to be done, Amen. And, and we can do it. Appreciate everybody being with us. Our time is out, and I hope we have said some things that are, are, are helpful and beneficial and uh, thought-provoking. Uh, we'll take up the rest of the passage next time, next session. Kevin, would you like to lead us in prayer? Sure. Let's pray. Your gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you so very much for so many things you've done for us. Thank you for life, health, and strength. Thank you for uh, waking us up this morning. We thank you for uh, the jobs we have, whereby we provide for ourselves, our family, and give back to those who are in need, and certainly give back to the kingdom uh, so that it may thrive and grow and flourish on this side of the grave. We thank you for the liberties we enjoy in this country and, and others. Uh, but most especially, we thank you for the uh, freedom and the true liberty from sin and from the devil that we have through your son, Jesus Christ. We thank you for that sacrifice on the cross, which was the only way for us to have fellowship again with you and to walk hand in hand with you. So very thankful for that sacrifice and what it means. Thank you for the light of the gospel and the word that we can study, such as uh, occasions such as this, where we've looked into Matthew chapter 5 and studied what does it mean for us as individual citizens of your kingdom to be light, uh, to be salt, and the emphasis being that each and every one of us has that responsibility to always bear with us the message and to adhere to the message and practice the message wherever we find ourselves, uh, in schools, in our workplaces, in our neighborhoods, uh, family reunions, in our entertainment, wherever we're at, we bear the name of Christ and we need to wear it in such a way and, and conduct ourselves in such a way that we don't bring reproach upon Christ, yet to the contrary, we adorn the doctrine. And uh, as the song uh, often says, for many people, we may be the only Bible they read. Uh, they'll be introduced to Christ through us first by our actions and our deeds and how we react to things. And so help us to be very mindful of that, that uh, the way that we conduct ourselves, uh, the morality that we uh, show in our everyday lives is so critical uh, to this business of seeking and saving the lost. And that's uh, ultimately why your son came and why you sent your son. And we need to take that seriously. And that means we need to model the principles of Christ in every aspect, every corridor of our lives. And please help us each day to be better and better at that. We do fall short. We do miss the mark. We do uh, are led astray and, and have some mistakes and some shortcomings at time to time. But please help us to examine the truth of your word, uh, identify where we've fallen short, to confess and repent of those things, and to come back even stronger, even better, determined to do better in the future, so that each day we are modeling more and more the principles of Christ in our lives. We thank you for everything you've done for us, for giving us uh, this understanding that we have. Thank you for the audience out there and their interest in spiritual things. Uh, may they take the words that have been presented, study them for themselves, have the spirit of the Brians, make sure the things that we're saying are true, and if they are, that they commit them to their lives and share them with those in their communities and their schools and their places of work. We ask you to continue to bless us as we continue to serve and follow you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.